Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Yes, we like feedback. That's what we like here. It's Feedback Friday on a Saturday again, because during training camp and preseason, we're we're generally dumping Judd's camp notes into the Friday live stream. So we're taking your feedback and uh, making that the Saturday episode here on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. Just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Before we die, it's Mackie, it's Judd, it's our guy Declan. And the show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs, Delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Learn more at TCL.com. Inspire greatness with TCL. And a quick shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, too. They've been around for over 100 years, helping businesses maximize their success through risk management tools and resources. Federated's corporate culture is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. These four cornerstones are things we can all get behind. It's what drives their foundation and all their interactions, including with your business. So find out more at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. What's up, guys? How are we feeling? Not, this? Oh, we're feeling fantastic on a Saturday. Are you kidding? Fantastic. I just got dogs barking here, so that's it. So just ignore Ryder, ignore Stella, and just proceed with all the feedback. They're giving me a lot of feedback right now. They are. Yeah, their feedback is feed me, feed me, feed me. I have to poop. I have to poop. Feed me, take me on a walk, throw me a toy. You're an idiot. I'm smart. You know how dogs are. Yep. (laughs) So uh, let's start here. David Nelson via the Purple Daily YouTube channel. You can always hit us up on the YouTube channel. We check out comments there and through the Score North app. There's a feedback tab. But David Nelson via YouTube. Happy feet will limit a quarterback's ceiling to that of Gardner Minshew. I hope Jaron Hall can lose the happy feet. On one hand, I would say if Jaron Hall becomes Gardner Minshew, it's a pretty good use of a fifth-round pick on a quarterback. Agreed. On the other hand, he does have happy feet, and uh, we saw that on display. The offensive line did him no favors, but he also just has happy feet regardless. So, you know, what, what do you make of Jaron Hall here so far after one preseason game? I think he's going to be um, – a work in progress. I, I think in practice we see some some snippets that are certainly um, encouraging a little bit. But you know, for anyone who thought that he was just going to step in here and like start, he's a fifth round pick. He's not go and he's not going to and Phil, as you've documented before, you know, third round and on. It's sort of quarterback wise, it's a crapshoot. So uh, I agree with the point. 
But I don't know what the end game is here beyond O'Connell's sort of having a guy to develop, and we'll see where things go. But, you know, keep in mind, Kevin O'Connell washed out as a quarterback in the National Football League, and he was a third-round pick. So I guess it's yeah. it's pretty unfair to have these, oh, my God, Jaron Hall's a bust. You know, when, when we're talking about potential bust, you're talking about a first-round pick, a second-round pick. So I'm not too concerned I am curious to see like where this can go, but he definitely is going to need at least a year for O'Connell and the coaching staff to work with him. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, if he turns into Gardner Minshew, I mean, that's a excellent scenario in my opinion. That might be the best possible scenario for him or most realistic as he turns into Gardner Minshew. Obviously the best, best in it situation. He turns into this great franchise QB like Dak or Kirk who are late round picks that turn into franchise quarterbacks. But uh, him being a Gardner Minshew type at the end of the day, a guy who can be a spot starter. Gardner started three games last year for Philadelphia, a team that was pretty dang good that went to the Super Bowl last year when when Hurts got injured. Um, so if he can kind of work on some things, be developed behind the scenes, then yeah, if he turns into Gardner Minshew, I'm okay with that. But yeah, the happy feet, little penguin feet, uh, great Disney movie, by the way. Uh, if he can get rid of that. I like his chances too of being a good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the reality here is we've gone over all the numbers and you know the, the lead up to the draft. The chances of a fifth, sixth, or seventh round quarterback becoming something are really low. You know, if you have good infrastructure, you can you can sit behind a Kirk Cousins. You can learn from a Kevin O'Connell. It does increase your chances. But you know, we uh, we dug this research up four months ago. Since two thousand, a hundred thirty nine quarterbacks have been drafted in the fourth round or later, which is where Jaron Hall falls. Only seven of them became multi-year above average starting quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins being one of those, by the way. And then like another seven or maybe eight stuck around the league as good backups, which is where Gardner Minshew falls. So so 14 out of 139 quarterbacks since 2000 became like roster mainstays as either starters or really good quality backups. The other 125 were complete non-factors. So it's a... It's a long shot for Jaron Hall, and he hasn't done anything in camp or in that first preseason game to make you think that, oh, man, that's a future starting quarterback. But, yeah, he he's going to get the whole year. to be, He'll get two more preseason games, but he'll get the whole year to kind of sit back and soak it all in and see what he can do. And he's got some talent. But I, I think the most important question when we're watching preseason and practices and joint practices this time of year is – can the backup step in if the quarterback, if the starter gets hurt and at least not crumble, right? Like I watched Mannion last year and I'm like, oh my God, this would be a disaster. Mullins, I'm not saying it'd be great, but I think he he could get through a game and it wouldn't be an embarrassment. So like when you're talking about the development of a, of a draft pick or a third guy uh, and it, heck this show didn't dump on Mond because of that like we didn't know and he and he washed out it's probably partially his fault and and probably partially he didn't get coaching but like that's just I'm not going to complain about drafting a quarterback late I'm also not going to bitch about the fact that this was a wasted pick and this kid's garbage it just takes so much time and it's such a difficult spot to play Yep. I am I am curious to see what he looks like in the joint practices in the coming sure. preseason. Can he can he sort of learn really quickly, slow the game yep. down a little bit so that he's at least making plays and maybe throwing a touchdown pass or something, right? I save my rage for those who deserve it. And like Jaron uh-huh. Hall doesn't deserve it right now. Well, maybe uh maybe this next question will induce some rage here from Judd. From Cody Condon. 
Phil, can you ask the grizzled and experienced Judd if after all his years covering the Vikings, if he's ever felt bad for players who perform poorly in the preseason and will likely get cut? I know it sounds soft, but when someone gets more than uh, one penalty or messes up their assignment more than once, I start to feel very bad for them personally. It depends on where the guy was drafted, to be honest. And it depends on, like, yes, there have been times where I have felt bad for highly paid veterans or high draft picks um, because it's feeble, but I don't really feel sorry for, for them. But yeah, I mean, if a kid is a fifth round pick and I mean, we've all seen this, right. And he flashes during training camp practices and then he plays in a game and it's like a disaster. Yeah. I think there's, there's empathy there. I think that's the right word, but that's very different than like Laquan Treadwell, who you're like, dude, you are always working on what you're good at. You don't work what you're bad at and you can't run a damn route. Mm -hmm. That's frustration. Um, But I didn't really feel bad for him. I guess the closest I ever came in fairness, the closest I ever came was probably in 2007 in Denver when Troy Williamson dropped those his last yeah. game as a Viking, oh, and he dropped those passes, including the best pass that the late Tavares Jackson likely ever threw. And, yeah. yes, he was the seventh overall pick. But it had been such a disaster. And I don't think that Troy was a bad guy. Um, I did feel bad for him because I'm like, this is, dude, you have failed so badly compared to expectations. That's as close as I probably come to feeling bad for a player who you could have been mad at. I guess I guess the most extreme example is, you know, the Teddy injury where his leg just explodes right before the season starts. And it's this yeah. great first round pick that looks like a franchise quarterback. The locker room loves him. The coach is enamored with him. You know, that's that's probably the most extreme, but that's because he suffered a catastrophic non-contact injury. But yeah, I, I can't really remember. I'm trying to think of like fringe guys that to judge, you know, like when B-Rob got cut last was like it was last cut. You feel like, oh. That, that, that's too bad. It's a veteran that really means a lot to that group, and it was a surprise, kind of a little bit of a surprise at the end of camp, but I can't really think of another one that I would have felt bad for. I think, I, I don't know, I feel like if, a, like, B-Rob, I didn't really feel that bad for because the guy had an incredible sure. career, made crazy money, right? Like, you feel kind of bad, but I think if a guy, there's times where guys will absolutely do everything they can. Wasn't there a defensive lineman like a year or two ago that just was awesome? He flashed in every preseason game, and and then um, at the end of the day, the Vikings decided, yeah, you know, you did really well in the preseason and in practices, but we don't, we don't think you're that good to actually play in a regular season game. Or like in baseball, having covered baseball for a long time, when a guy just tears the cover off the ball for a month and a half at spring training and then still gets told... It's spring training. We're gonna we're gonna hold you down in the minor leagues. Always one of those, man. That's so that's so great. It's like, Always and generally the, the team is right because their instinct and their scouting yeah. reports are correct. But you do feel bad on a human level that oh man, that guy had a chance to be a big leaguer and did every literally did everything he could. They just don't think he's good enough. The, so. I, I think the I think my biggest conflicted one because this guy was in so far over his head, um, but it was frustrating as hell because of his position. I, and ultimately I think I was more pissed off Christian Ponder. Yeah. I didn't feel bad for him. I don't think he put in an, I don't think he put in like, yeah, I don't think he took no, it seriously. No, as but much that's as what I'm saying is like, it's, but at times I'm like, dude, you were so overdrafted. Like you probably should have gone in the second or third round, but I'm with you. I don't think he loved the sport. 
And so, so I was conflicted, but I think ultimately more pissed off than I was like felt empathy. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Connor Dempsey says, uh, Jordan, or is it Rodriguez or Rodrigue from the athletic? She used to cover the yes. Panthers. Yeah, she's very good. Launched a great podcast series this summer called The Play Callers, which looks at Shanahan, McVeigh, Lafleur, and McDaniels and how they came through the ranks together and their various philosophies. Oh, funny, Kevin O'Connell is also yeah. in that group and get featured. Got left out. Great series. One thing that really stood out was how McVeigh and Shanahan decided they needed to have great defensive play callers with challenging schemes, not just to make their defense great, but so they could really force their offense to adapt and improve. We've talked about this with the Flores defense. McVeigh did it after the Super Bowl loss, bringing in Brandon Staley, and then Shanahan did it with Robert Sala. Both talk about how training camps become really challenging as they were faced with schemes every day that were kryptonite to their offense and forced them to adapt. That's exactly what's happening right now with the Vikings. Took Kevin O'Connell an extra year to kind of figure that out, but... It does help. Now, it's it, it's clearly been frustrating to Kirk and some of the first-team offensive linemen, too, because it, it it's making it harder to move the ball in training camp than it otherwise would be. But at the end of the day, like I'd rather have it be really hard for a month in training camp, and then it gets a little easier when you face schemes that are harder or that are uh, easier to, decif- uh, to decipher. But interesting mm-hmm. that the whole tree is kind of doing that, you know? And O'Connell thought he was doing it last year with Donatel. That's why they went through the whole, in, in fact, go, go back and look at the transcripts of Kevin's press conferences. He thought, you know what? The Fangio defense confu- has confused the Rams. So we're going to get a guy that can basically run that scheme in practice. They talked about this and he just got sold a bill of goods. Like mm-hmm. ultimately Donatel had no idea what he was doing in, in comparison to the Fangio defense but yes this is why you do this you want your offense pissed off because then in fact a prime example and seattle you know last night didn't play i'm sure it was as vanilla as possible but a prime example is nick mullinsville has looked really flustered in practices with the vikings first two series last night against or two night nights ago now against the seahawks he didn't look great. But after that, he, it started to click. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he was facing a defense that he could pick apart way more. Yeah. So I agree completely. And the fact that Kirk is not pleased, I think, at times is actually a good thing because those looks are going to be far more confusing or at least as confusing as some other looks he's going to see starting September 10th against Tampa Bay. Yep. Okay, Bo Bunnell via the YouTube comment section here, Purple Daily YouTube. To the devil's advocate, the biggest difference between Cousins five years ago and now is primarily coaching, as the Crusaders have said all along, and you dismissed all along. The difference between Russell Wilson in Seattle and Denver is probably coaching as well. We will find out this season with Ross Mackey. Just take the L and stop moving the Kirk Cousins goalposts. I guess my question back to Bo would be, are you suggesting that Kirk bears no responsibility whatsoever at all for any of his career shortcomings? It's all like, that's the funny part about this discussion. It's like, you know, the, 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 the people who have ridden with Kirk his whole career, like, you know, I mean, he could walk on water and win a Super Bowl, and you guys would still like, well, that's not true. But then on the other side, it's, I just don't get it. Like, are we going to blame everything else around him all the time. He's had defenses before too, by the way, and, and couldn't absolutely couldn't get to the second round, third round of the playoffs. But you know, 
coaching makes a huge difference. That is correct. Also, if Kirk were better in some certain spots, he would have made the coaches better. He would have made some of the offensive coordinators better. John D. Filippo probably doesn't get fired if Kirk Cousins is better in 2018, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. I don't know. So like that he bears no responsibility at all for anything bad yeah. that happened in his career is just kind of hogwash to me. But we've been through this a lot before. I yes, the the coaching is huge. O'Connell empowers Kirk. That helps, but when you are paid as much as Kirk was starting in 2018 by the Vikings, I don't care who your coach is, you have to empower yourself. Yeah. You're, you're a quarterback. Just like a, you're the CEO you're of the team. Then, yeah. You are the CEO of the team. So, but I mean, we've talked about this a ton. You know what? Kirk, Kirk's a dork. It's great. He's fun. That's fantastic. This feels that it feels very slanderous here. You know, I think we're all we've we have not bagged on Kirk in quite some time. I think two or three years ago, a lot of it was more fair game. He did a lot. He checked a lot of boxes last year. So, Bo, you're not going to bait me into this one, Bo. And the check down against the Giants, we bagged on because it was a terrible play. Like, I mean, I don't know what people I don't know what people what people want but the st- but here's the thing about sports Th- this is the weird thing this is the this is what i don't get about sports fans when they're aligned with players they don't think that the sticks move like they're moving constantly this is sports guys get hot guys get cold guys are really good in certain circumstances guys are really bad in others and sometimes those things change and it's almost like well take the l you can't change your opinion that's all sports is yeah, if Kirk, it's funny, like Kirk completes eight fourth quarter comebacks, has one of the highest EPA uh, analytical marks of any quarterback in the league in the fourth quarter overtime, which was not the case in previous seasons. Right. And to act like, well, I rode with him from, I rode with him without criticism from 2018 through 2020. Well, then you were wrong. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's you know, he, great. He has achieved more. And and I will, I will grant you, he has achieved more in part last year because of Kevin O'Connell, but it's also partly because of Kirk. If he's just a puppet that's blowing in the wind and he's at the mercy of coaches, then, you know, then what are we doing paying him $35, $40 million a year, right? Like then, then you might as well go find a Brock Purdy who actually is a puppet that Kyle Shanahan is just sort of manipulating and they get to spend their cat money on defensive players. And does Kyle throw Brock in, in the corner when practice or game is done? He just, yeah, just throw it in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i don't know like like that's there's a lot fine. of nuance the last five or six years in the kirk cousins conversation i do feel i feel like we have represented that nuance very very well especially the last two or three years i'm very comfortable with our kirk conversations on this show there's going to be some just because you criticize someone too doesn't mean you're a hater you're right like he played well, incredible in that giants playoff game and then in the biggest moment he threw an inexplicable pass there's room for both of those things to be true without you being a hater or I you think know, it's very whatever. I think it's incredibly fair to say that if you are a ride or die fan, which by the way, that's absolutely fine if you are, but if that's your mentality, these are not the podcasts for you. Yeah, there's gonna be some love, there's gonna be some criticism. Yeah. You know, it's that's that's life. That's the NFL. So we got a few more here on this feedback Friday on a Saturday. But let's shout out our friends. It's all love, by the way, and no criticism for Livia because they've been oh. changing lives here among our Purple Daily family. 1,000%. In fact, um, that that's sports dad right there, okay? This is just one example. This is exhibit A. The guy on the left, the guy on the right, the same guy, but what's the difference? Down 40 pounds, the guy on 
the right, but that's only a starting point because we have heard and we appreciate this uh, from so many of you who have joined a program that 100% works. I've heard some great stories. You know, people have dropped 100 pounds. It's absolutely fantastic. And if you are looking to drop weight right now, it's a great time of year to do it because obviously you can get out, go for walks. It's gorgeous outside. Right now, you're going to get three months free. That's right. Free three months for free. Call now. You're going to lose up to 10 pounds or more in your first two weeks. You're going to be well on your way to a weight loss journey that then is going to continue because they're going to help you keep the weight off voted minnesota's best weight loss program year after year 855 go livea livia.com livea.com get the first three months for free and of course tell them as always that your guys at score north told you that this is where the weight loss starts livia.com a shout out to our friends also at power lodge and miller marine so uh, Power Lodge is celebrating 25 years of bringing action and excitement to Minnesota as your go-to destination for all things marine and power sports. So Power Lodge has locations in Brainerd, Ramsey, Anamia, and Sauk Rapids. And they're rolling out the red carpet this month with delicious food, amazing prizes, fantastic giveaways, unbeatable special pricing as they unveil 25 days of deals. Look at that. Look at look at Judd teaching that young woman how to That's fish, too, on the Benjamin pontoon. It's fantastic. Yeah. You, you've seen me somersaulting into the water. I mean, what can't I do when I'm around? You, you know what? I become super sports dad when I'm around that Bennington. I've seen super you teach sports dad. many a young lad how to fish off yep, of a Bennington exactly pontoon right. from Power Lodge. Learn how to fish. Yeah, yeah exactly. Powerlodge.com, MillerMarine.com. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Okay, back to the feedback. Let's see here. Okay, Cole Bjornberg says, let's do a little unpopular reckless speculation, he's saying. Reckless speculation. So, all right, Cole, this is, again, this is a safe space. Reckless speculation is a safe space to throw out ideas to entertain the premise. So I'm going to read this, you guys. Let's everyone just take a deep breath here. So he says, I've been thinking about how quarterbacks the last few years have made or broken a team in the playoffs, especially Super Bowls. All the years where Brady overcame bad positions elsewhere to win Super Bowls or Stafford in LA with OBJ hurt in the middle of the Super Bowl. Uh, Mahomes pushed the Chiefs to another Super Bowl after that team moved off of their number one wide receiver and rebuilt their offensive line and defense on the fly. It didn't matter. He also overcame even while getting hurt in the Super Bowl. The Bengals got taken to the Super Bowl by Burrow with dog dirt offensive line and defensive backfield. So, with all that being said, 
We all know Kirk will get this team to a later drafting position, but maybe that's all the further he can take the Vikings. We have yet to get a Justin Jefferson contract done. Why wouldn't you trade Jefferson for multiple first-round picks and possibly a player or two so you can go all the way up and get one of those quarterbacks in the 2024 draft, and now you have a guy that you can that can carry deficiencies elsewhere on the roster. Oh, I know how people are going to react to this. Yeah, I know. And, I know. and by the way, in this person's defense, this is being thrown out. I don't want to say more and more, but I've heard like I've heard this type of thing, like that they should trade Jefferson bandwagon. It's you know, 10%, 5% full, but there's people on it. There, so, yeah. like, this is not this is not as outlandish, you know, dial down the anger, just take a deep breath. It's I mean, it's pretty <sighs> outlandish, Focus. man. He's one of the best it players is. in franchise history. So here's, your, here's, here's your problem. Here's your problem. All right, let's just say, because if we're talking Justin Jefferson trade, we're talking I need a sure thing QB. Which, by the way, there is no like sure thing, but let's just say for the sake of this bit of reckless speculation, Caleb Williams is perceived as a generational QB, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. You go to Tampa Bay, for instance, because you don't know who's going to finish last, but you're pretty sure that Tampa Bay is going to tank as much as they possibly can. Arizona might as well. They're a weird team. Uh, but let's just say you go to a team that you're pretty damn confident is going to tank, and you shop Jefferson to them. But they've got their sight on Caleb Williams. I don't think this is as easy as people think. Like Justin Jefferson is a superstar. Very possibly the best receiver right now in the National Football League. I am yeah. not trying to I'm not trying to denigrate him one bit. I, I think he is phenomenal. But we're talking quarterbacks here, which are a whole different animal as well. So like this whole notion that you're just gonna go, hey, Tampa Bay, give us your entire draft for a receiver when you don't have a quarterback. I don't know that's going to to necessarily work. So I don't think there's any I don't think any of this makes sense. I totally get the conversation. But I don't think the teams are going to say we'll give you, you know, our first round pick and three more for you know, three future first for Jefferson when the uncertainty now is okay, we've got Justin Jefferson, who's going to throw him the football? You'd have to find a team I think I think you could if, if you got enough first round picks you could but ideally yeah you'd, you'd want a team that's still bad so that the so that the picks are higher. Oh, uh, you have but but yes. could you go to a team and I I don't I'm just kind of speaking out of my ass here like usual because I don't know what their draft capital is going for but could you <laughs> what did nice like what, what did the Colts trade to get uh, let me let me see this did the Colts move up for Richardson remind me like if you for, went to a team like that oh. and said for Anthony Richardson. I, okay, I guess I'm sorry. I, I don't think so. Yes. No, they didn't. They stood pat at four. So the so Chiefs you, moved. The Chiefs moved up from Holmes. If that makes a difference, right? What What I'm saying is, like, you could go to Indianapolis and say, "Hey, you got Anthony Richardson. What if you had Justin Jefferson to go along with Anthony Richardson? And now you got both these guys running all over the place. Um, yeah, they're st- they would still be bad this year with him, or you wait until after the year. When yeah. they're because they're going to be bad, you wait, you let them be bad. You keep Jefferson for this year. Maybe you even give him the extension or whatever. Now you'd have to eat. This is the problem. Like if you gave him the extension, how much cap money would you I have just, to eat? I it's, don't think it's. I I don't. I it's don't. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
I mean, both sides would have to make out so well. Like, it would have to be a sure thing for both sides. And if you're giving up the premier receiver in the entire league, I don't see how you make sure that you get the return. So, yeah, to me, it's just it's a it's a fun conversation. It's silly, but it's fun. But it's a non-starter. And DJ Moore was traded with the Panthers to get the top pick to the Bears. So, like, DJ Moore is a good wide receiver. He's going to be the number one for Justin Fields in Chicago. Uh, but Jefferson's even on another point. Like, DJ Moore is a, is a good wide receiver, but he's not on the same level as, as JJ. But that, I mean, that is an example of a team who's, what, I think they were picking, like, fourth, and then they moved up to one, and they gave up still multiple draft picks yeah. in addition with DJ Moore attached to those multiple draft picks to get up to number one. So yep. again, I don't advocate for this, but we're entertaining the premise here from uh, the emailer. So just to go down this path, Declan just kind of nailed it with the with the the Bears Panthers example. What you would essentially do here is, and this this might be tough because it might create friction and it might actually limit his trade return. But you would you would not sign a contract with him right now because you don't want the financials to be a hindrance. You would say, hey, we uh, we reached a stalemate, we can't come to an agreement, so we're gonna just play the season he's still under contract for a couple more years right you let the Colts be bad what you need is a really bad team that already has their franchise quarterback which is what the Bears were the Bears were awful but they had their franchise quarterback so if the Colts go out and win like three games because you know Anthony Richardson is not ready to lead them to more than three wins and they're picking first or second but they already have Anthony Richardson you would then go to them like Carolina and Chicago and say hey how would you like Justin Jefferson? We'll take that second overall pick or that first overall pick plus, 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 whatever else. Yeah. But it's, yeah. The Vikings and I think are, I would the Vikings be, are going to just pay him $30 million a year. Yeah. And I think it would have to be the first pick. Like I, I can't take the chance of, because the, the only way I do it is if I, and, and it's still a risk because he, he has not played a down in the national football league. The only way I do it is if I can get Caleb you Williams Caleb. and yeah. he's going to be number one. So I can't take two. Uh, by the way, I just got a text. I have um, I have breaking news off a Purple Daily subject that came up previously. I have a Brian Asamoah name pronunciation update. We talked about this on Friday. Now, Dexter, Phil, we we are we are hearing from some of our viewers or listeners that it's pronounced how that he that he apparently went on a Vikings Entertainment Network video and said it's pronounced something closer to Asamoah or Asamoah. Okay, so um, John Ekstrom, who does an outstanding job at the Vikings PR department, I texted him that, and, and I said, have we been wrong this entire time? And John texted back, odd, no one has ever pushed back on how we have it listed pronunciation on the flip card. And I said, yeah, it seems weird. And then here's how good the Vikings are. John said, we can double check with Brian and confirm with you this weekend. Okay, so we're going so to get official get confirmation. confirmation. So if he did, if he did in fact decide, hey, I don't like it being pronounced Asamoa, we will find out. But for right now, fans, Asamoa, talk about full service. Asamoa is how the Vikings think it's pronounced. Okay, so if there is a correction here, just know that we are doing the journalistic legwork here. We are the ones that are building the bricks of correct pronunciation in the Vikings locker room and around. Yeah. The media. Huh? No detail is too small when you are trying to get one before I die. <laughs> yes, amen. A couple more quick ones here for you guys. Heinz Bucks and Castle on YouTube says, can we not talk about contracts so much? Boring. 
if you guys feel that way, I like we we are entertained. Not it's not about like how much money they make. It's about roster construction. You know, it's about you get you get this amount of money to spend. Should you allocate it to this? This what would have to go if you did this over here? Right. So I don't know if you guys think that whenever we talk about contracts, it's boring. Then I feel it's pretty important though, and I don't feel like I don't think we harp on contracts like what's the rookie, what's the third round picks contract. Yeah, I feel like it's high profile, like uh, T.J. Hawkinson's, right? Like right now, that's pretty damn important. So, yeah. if if we were trying to go Andrew Brandt and like explain the nuances of like the fifth round picks contract, I'd be like, yeah, that sucks. But I feel like we harp or talk about or really focus in on the contracts that are for star players and really affect the cap. And by the way, the cap is why certain guys then have to go. Correct. Yep. So, so that's, it's more like construction. It's less about the actual money. Uh, and then Tyler Hoffman says with a statue of Barry Sanders being unveiled week two for the lions outside their stadium. If you could pick any Viking in history to have a statue outside us bank stadium, who would it be? I would think Bud Grant would have, I was going to say, well, and Bud. I, and I asked Mark Wilf that question a couple of days ago when they talked about their plans for Bud, and they said that's not on the table yet. But I think Bud needs to have a statue in front of that stadium. As far as a player goes, boy, there's some good choices there. I mean, Tarkington certainly could, could have, have one. Um, How about Gary Alan Anderson Page? with like a goalpost? Why'd you go there? Why'd the, you ball could be, the ball could be what kind of sailing. What about just all the kickers who have let us down? Blair Wall statue, Gary Anderson. Put, a, put them all out there. Just, you know, and all it's our firefly like fun house. The Dan Bailey. We should do a tribute to the Dan Bailey Buccaneers game. Remember that yeah. one? Oh, yeah. Did, didn't didn't he go wide left of the pylon for one of his field goal attempts? Uh, Blair Walsh did it in Tennessee. It yeah, it was... like it like went to Memphis. The ball was like <laughs> going to Memphis by the time the kick was done. That's what we need. A kicker tribute. How about you bringing up? How about we're having this great serious conversation about Vikings that deserve statues, and you want Gary Anderson on? I think it'd just be let's have some self awareness here. Let's make let's make fun of it. We don't have to be nervous about let's let's exercise the kicking demons by. We're like Eminem and Eight Mile. Okay, I know everything you have to say against me. I have a, a wide left statue outside my stadium. Now what, Packer fans? Now what? Page or Tarkington for a player. Page. I would say Page. I would Probably Allen Page. Probably Allen Page. All due respect. Tarkin I mean, I, I might say that's true, and I might say Moss, but they won't even retire his damn jersey number. Dude, no. let's put a part. Let's put a, a statue of Moss next to one of those like uh, parking meters, and he can be. No, okay. No, let's. Let's say just, let's just AP wrap statue, and there's just a. Switchblade on you no. know, on it or something, you know? Like, oh, not a switchblade? No, a switch. Or, uh, 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 not a switchblade. You think he's sorry. jabbed Not a switchblade. <laughs> a switch. Not a switch. A switch. That, that really went like, to a, that a, machete. Was a machete. Yeah. A machete. A machete. Jason. Come on, I'm, I'm just going to leave the camera shot now. How about Adrian hand. Peterson on a camel celebrating his birthday yeah. party? No? Yeah. Or oh, a camel. That'd be fun. All right, we should probably go now before we uh, get in trouble here. Yeah, Wizenator statue. That'd be good. All right, uh, that's Purple Daily Feedback Friday on a Saturday here. Thanks boat. for hanging out Just with us. Just a big boat. <laughs> All right, welcome into Stepping Up, presented by Federated Insurance, where we talk with next-generation business owners and business leaders about their process, about their philosophies, what challenges they face, and their vision for 
the future of business. And our guest on this episode is the chief operating officer of the Minnesota Timberwolves, a man who has seen a lot of basketball and a lot of sports business the last 20 or 25 years, Ryan Tanky. Thank you for joining, Ryan. Great to see you, Phil. Great to be here. Thank you for having me on. This is fun. A, f- a friend of mine who who's done some business leadership consulting throughout the last 20 years, and he's always said, you know, everyone has a different definition of leadership. The way that he defines leadership is facilitating the success of the, of your team, essentially. Mm-hmm. Do you have a way that you define leadership? Do you have do you have any sort of like 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 what is leadership to you, I guess? Yeah, I think it's leadership is helping helping people unlock and achieve, you know, things that they they, you know, they otherwise uh sometimes don't believe are possible. Sometimes they just need, you know, uh, help with a roadmap. Um, so I, I think it's helping people unlock and achieve is sort of leadership. You know, we talk all the time here, Phil, about, um, you know, impact. And so I think the number one obligation and responsibility of a leader is like create impact. Like who, and I don't mean like on the business, I mean on the people, which is I look at two things every day are kind of by filter, which is one, who did I impact today? And two is how do I want to be remembered? And if I can, you know, go through that impact and legacy aspects of this, oftentimes you're going to make the right decisions along the way. Love it, man. Love to hear that. And uh, appreciate your insights on business leadership. And yeah, Ryan, it was great catching up. Thanks for your time today, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Love, love doing it and love to do it again sometime. Ryan Tankey, the uh, Chief Operating Officer of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Lynx here on Stepping Up, presented by Federated Insurance.